the problem has been that the law is all on one side. Up till now, if National Grid wanted to put a new pile on up, as, as they have done through North Somerset, and they want an access road, and they want maintenance rights, effectively they're exempted from planning law, and they can decide if you get compensation and how much you get. And if you don't like it, you have to go to the High Court, which most people can't afford to do. Hence, the reason that I wanted a new system of arbitration brought in that allowed people to have binding arbitration um, without having the costs of going to court. And I think that has leveled the playing field on all of this. And I think it's also a matter of natural justice. Hello and welcome to the Connectology podcast, where Roadnight Taylor's influential team of connection specialists and their expert guests help you to better understand distribution and transmission network connections. This episode is part of Pete Aston's look at the Hinkley Connection project, for which he was responsible for the design elements in his time at WPD. The project is a new 59-kilometre transmission circuit running through Somerset, and looking at the Hinkley Connection project will help developers understand the scale of transmission reinforcement more broadly will give them insight into what it means for connections affected by new proposed transmission works. I'm very excited about this podcast because I'm joined by Dr Liam Fox, the MP for North Somerset, in his office in Parliament. So welcome, Dr Fox, to our podcast and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to come well, speak well, to us. Well, welcome to my office. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's <laughs> lovely to be here. So we're here to talk about the Hinkley Connection Project, the new electricity transmission line going from near Bridgewater through North Somerset up to near Avonmouth Docks. It's a major infrastructure project that's been in planning delivery for almost 15 years, I think, and it's got a major impact on the communities it passes through, not least North Somerset, your own constituency. So I, I know that you were very heavily involved during the initial consultation and planning stages. So I just, just wonder if you could give us a bit of insight as to sort of the sorts of things you were involved with in that initial stage. So it began when uh, National Grid came to see me in my office in the Commons, not this one, my previous right. office. That must be about 2008, nine, yeah. somewhere in there, uh, because it was an issue already by the 2010 election. And uh, they said that they were going to have to build a new uh, transmission line. Of course, I wanted it to be to take the shortest route, which would actually have been under sea, yes, from uh, Bridgewater to Avonmouth. Yeah. Um, but we lost that battle because of cost, and now we've got the the new pylons. Originally, they were actually even higher than the ones we've got now. They were yeah. because they were going to be of a different design. Um, it's people make up their own minds whether they think the new ones are aesthetically pleasing or not. The, the reason that they're slightly further away from, from housing is that they're carrying much higher voltage lines, uh, and therefore they have to be higher and kept away. Our, our, our problem has always been that national grid have not been the easiest people to deal with yeah. in, in this process. In fact, I found them uh, very difficult and culminating in, in the legislation that I'm bringing forward. But it's been a big issue. We had issues about routes. We had issues about styles of pylons. Um, and uh, here we are finally getting it delivered, but long before Hinkley is actually going to be delivering yeah. any electricity to us. Yeah. And I think I can remember sitting in on some public meetings where, where you were chairing it. How, how did you find those meetings? Because some of them are quite heated from memory. 
Well, they were, and I think that people felt that they were being given a false choice. If you remember, the, there was a choice of two mm. lines yeah. through North Somerset, one of which would have gone right through between uh, Nailsey and Backwell, yes. and, and right through the valley, and people were up in arms about that. My view was always that there was no choice at all, because they knew that that would be rejected, and yeah. people would go for the other line. So um, it was a... Yeah, choice of uh, how would you like to be executed? You hanged or yeah. beheaded, was sort of was sort of where it was, and uh, um, and so I think we were bounced into it. But uh, you know, on the other hand, we all understand that we need, as we move to uh, net zero and decarbonisation, we need to generate more uh, electricity from nuclear and yeah. from renewables. So it's it's got to come from somewhere. It's got to go across somewhere. My worry has always been that national grid too much power in relation to individual homeowners and landowners. Yeah. As an MP, how would you go about trying to balance the needs of you know, local constituency members against the sort of national needs and so on? So in, in the case of this, it's been very much trying to deal with National Grid and their agents to say, this is going across someone's land, this is going to cause them a whole lot of inconvenience, this may reduce the value of the land. In the case of one of my constituents who's elderly, she said, I'll never be able to use that land or sell that land in my lifetime, right. which struck me as being completely unfair that she wouldn't get compensation um, for this. Um, we've had problems with, with farmers and so on. The way we'd normally deal with these problems is to go straight to the company and say, look, can we sort this out? Can we get an agreement in terms of the, the problems facing my constituents and how you might deal with them? It became apparent to me that this was not happening, in fact, when one of my constituents went to National Grid and they weren't getting anywhere, they said, I'm going to see my MP. Yeah. And as I said in, in committee in the House of Commons, National Grid said to them, fine, go and see him. He won't be able to do anything about it. Then, of course, I was drawn in the private member's ballot for the second year running. Yeah. We know we're doing something about it. Generally, we try to do things by consensus where we can. I've always been of the view that you get more with uh, sugar than salt. Um, <laughs> and so if you try to be nice to them, uh, whoever it is you're dealing with, um, so much the better. When you get to these very big companies, they understand how powerful they are, and they understood that the law was on their side. So the only option to us in the end was to do what we can do uniquely as parliamentarians, which is to change the law. Yeah. So what sort of conversations happen in Parliament about projects like this? Are they all very generic, high-level, all about sort of legislation and bills, or do you actually get stuck into talking about specific projects? So, I mean, n not everything that's discussed in Parliament happens on the floor of the House. Right, yeah. So um, on this particular issue, because there were other MPs affected, particularly in the southeast of England, um, we would sit chat about those and then you find out other MPs have a similar, mm -hmm. uh, similar range of problems and we would tend to get together and informally discuss uh, what was happening and were we finding the same experiences in different parts of the country. In other words, was this a problem uh, unique to North Somerset or was it a problem generated by National Grid in their attitude? And we found a great deal of commonality in that. MPs will talk together, they'll talk to members of the opposition as well. Um, in similar constituencies, are they mm. finding the same problems? And then how can we deal with it? Because if you ultimately want to get a change in the law, it's much easier if you get members of different parties um, yeah. so, in support of that. So it became clear that it wasn't just uh, specific, it was a generic problem we were facing. And having talked to my colleagues, um, I said, well, my, my proposal would be this. This, I think, is the best way for us to take it forward. What do you think? 
and, and they've been very supportive, as you know, we got through without a division uh, in the House of Commons because MPs all recognised it. And even MPs who it was not directly affecting could see that it might affect them in the future mm. because this is a project that will, that will be rolling on. And it's not just the big transmission projects, it's the smaller range distribution that will have to change um, as we're moving to higher voltages and want new infrastructure. So we're much better to anticipate the problems. It was very notable when we did get to the floor of the House that MPs had clocked that much better to prevent the problem from happening by dealing with it now than for us. That is the MPs who yeah. didn't have, currently have a problem uh, to deal, have to deal with it later. So we've sort of been trailblazers in North Somerset yeah. um, on that. Uh, and I think that people will be grateful that we anticipated that they would have problems later on and, and we produced the means to deal with it. The, so the way that a bill goes through Parliament, for those who are not familiar with that, we have the first reading of a bill is technically when it's published. It doesn't have a reading at all, in fact. Second reading is the general debate on the bill. Mm. Then the bill goes to committee where it can be amended, which it was in this case. Then it goes back to the House of Commons for what's called a report stage where we report back on amendments at committee. Then a third reading and that's it leaves the House of Commons then it goes to the House of Lords. By the time this podcast goes out, I, I'm very hopeful the bill has left the Commons some time ago yeah. um, and is on its way to the House of Lords for the same process there. We've been very fortunate that we had cross-party support. We were very fortunate the government gave it support. And having taken a bill, the Down Syndrome Act, through last year myself, I was very um, au fait with the processes yeah. uh, and, and the tricks and that you could use to uh, get, get your way on these bills. So yeah. it's worked out quite well. It's, it's, it's relatively s simple as a bill. The problem has been that the law is all on one side. Up till now, if National Grid wanted to put a new pylon up, as, as they have done through North Somerset, and they want an access road, and they want maintenance rights, effectively they're exempted from planning law, and they can decide if you get compensation and how much you get. And if you don't like it, yeah. you have to go to the High Court, which most people can't afford to yeah. do. Hence, the reason that I wanted a new system of arbitration brought in that allowed people to have binding arbitration um, without having the costs of going to court. And I think that has leveled the playing field on all of this. And I think it's also a mat matter of natural justice. It cannot be right that individual citizens can be forced um, by the economic might of a big corporation into doing things they don't want to do with their own property mm. and don't have proper rights of redress. So that's been the, it's been a bit of a David and Goliath battle. Yeah. So back in 2016, I think it was, that uh, the, the new line through Somerset um, got planning permission. Did, in terms of your local constituents, did it go quiet for you in terms of, you know, interactions with, with the public or has it sort of conversations, you know, sort of continued in the background? Well, they've continued. At first, it was a general um, discussion, uh, as you know. Uh, and as I said, when it looked as though the line might go right through, Mm. Uh, between Nailsey and Backwell, yeah. then everybody was up in arms. Mm. When it was clear that wasn't going to happen, then most of the people in that conversation dropped out, and it was yeah. more a matter of the people going to be directly affected. And there were also people going to be directly affected in a good way, because there are people who live on the other side yeah. of Nailsey towards the causeway who are going to have all the pylons over their houses taken down. Yeah. So for them, that's, that, it's, a, it's a benefit. Um, and there are always swings and roundabouts in in all of these, uh, all these different matters, we've had far more of a conversation with the NFU 
on, on this one because it tends to be crossing a lot of farmland yeah. because of where we are. And I imagine that the post bag in Portis Head is about to get a lot bigger uh, well, was, as, was, as it crosses yeah. the M5 and moves down. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to ask that as well. The, um, as, as the tea pylons have been erected in over the last 12 months, have there been more conversations? Because no, not people hugely. Are then seeing them, no? Not hugely. Okay. And again, because the line is away from housing, although it has an impact on the visual amenity, it doesn't yeah. have such an impact on being close to houses and the fears that people have of high voltage cables being close to their children and their, yeah. and their homes. So it hasn't on, on that sense. There will be some properties affected, Portbury and Portishead, mm. but they, unlike at the beginning of the process, will have the protection of this legislation right. um, yeah. as that process continues. Yeah. And have there been any comments that you've heard about the actual design of the tea pylons themselves? Because it's quite unique. It's sort of, and I, I've never been sure whether you know the old sort of steel lattice is a, a more preferable because people are used to them because the tea pylons really stand out. So they do, but the, the but the replacement for the current pylons that they were going to be much bigger. Mm. They would have been much more intrusive. I'm in two minds myself. I mean, I don't find them aesthetically displeasing. I just find them out of place. But as you say, that might just be because we're used to the old pylons and we're not used to these ones yet. Mm. In fact, I can see from my house in Tickenham, I can see them across yeah. Ken Moore. And I've already stopped noticing them. <laughs> Whereas for the first few weeks, I, could, I couldn't see anything else when I looked. Yeah. I, you know, they, they, they stood out because they were new. Mm. Frankly, I've never really understood why they couldn't have made them green. Um, yeah, which would have, white's an interesting colour, isn't it's, it? Um, I've no idea why they, they have that, whether there's a technical reason for it, but... Um, you know, you'd have thought it wouldn't have been too difficult to make them blend better yeah. uh, into the environment. If you're liking this podcast so far, you may want to pop over to the Connectology page on Road Knight Taylor's website and sign up to the Connectology newsletter for much more know-how, insight and thought leadership in electricity network connections. The link to this is in the description. Don't miss out on any of the articles, explainers, videos, webinars and podcasts that Road Knight Taylor's connectologists share to give you an edge and help you overcome your grid frustrations. Do you, do you think in the context of high energy bills at the moment and people thinking about energy security and so on that the public perception changes in relation to these sorts of large infrastructure projects that people are happier to, to see them built because there's a, they, they understand the bigger picture a bit differently? I think because of the war in Ukraine and the rise in fuel prices, that there's an understanding we've got to get away from our dependence on fossil fuels to the extent that we have them now. And that requires us to generate new forms of electricity, Hinkley, and its nuclear generation being one of them. Interestingly, the battle with the pylons on the other side of the country is because of offshore wind yeah. and, and the high levels of generation of offshore wind. Uh, having to be transmitted. So I think people are, I suppose, like I am myself, they're conflicted, they understand the need for having it. They just wish it wasn't outside their yeah. town and village. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be somewhere. And as long as there's minimal safety risk, and I would like to see minimal environmental impact, then that we have to have it. Yeah. In, in order to achieve net zero, there's, I think you've touched on it already, that there's a lot more of these transmission reinforcements planned right away across the country. And some of the lines in terms of length dwarf the, 
the Hinkley Connection project. Um, so have you got advice for other MPs? I think you've probably touched on it already in terms of the, the bill that's going through Parliament. Have you got any advice for any MPs who haven't yet dealt with this as to how they could deal with it in terms of... Well, assuming the, leg assuming the legislation goes through, the government are going to set up a task force on it. And, and I would encourage not just the MPs, but those who have an interest to be making representations on that because the guidelines that the government will come up with as a result of, of my bill will be on the statute book you know, for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, and this is the time, I use again the analogy of the Down Syndrome Act that we passed last year. The government is just about to complete the directions coming from that bill that will be passed down to health authorities, education authorities and local authorities. So that there is a period between the legislation being completed in Parliament and it being enacted and it's during that period where the regulations and directions will come from government. Mm -hmm. And that's a time when people who have an interest in the subject should be getting onto the government website and making the representations. Yeah. Uh, and, and lastly, before we close, are there, are there any other sort of highlights from the bill that you'd like to pick out for us? Just uh, some of the key points, perhaps? But one of, the, one of the things I was very keen to ensure was that although we weren't able to uh, do things retrospectively because that's always dangerous in legislation that the government gave a commitment that disputes that weren't completed by the time the bill was enacted would fall under the uh, the remit of the bill and that that matters a lot because those who are currently in dispute with the national grid can say the legislation's coming mm. um, um, I would suggest you make an agreement with us now. Yeah. Or they can decide that they will have an extra weapon when the legislation comes through. So I've been getting back in touch with my constituents and saying, you know, I told you that I couldn't really do anything unless we changed the law. Mm. Now we've changed the law. Yeah. Now you have to decide whether you can go back to National Grid and say, I'm going to have this additional weapon on my side. Try and be, be reasonable with me. Or you can say, if you're not reasonable, I will have something yeah. as another means of getting redress and having my rights reinforced in a way that's not going to break the bank. So yeah. I think that's, that's key. Getting that information out now, I think, is important. And as you say, we're the trailblazer. What has happened mm -hmm. to us will happen X times yeah. um, in other parts of the country. So yeah. um, maybe one day they'll be thankful to North Somerset that we were Absolutely, the ones yeah. that we were the ones who... Uh, who, who blazed that trail and made things easier for them. Yeah, and as a resident on the east side of Nailsey, I'm also pleased it didn't go through <laughs> the east side between Nailsey and Backhull. Look, our, our time's now up. It's been incredibly interesting and informative. Thanks uh, once again for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, and thanks to all of you for listening, and we hope you can join us for our next podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connectology podcast. If you found it helpful, please share it with any of your colleagues or connections you think may be interested. And please do subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your content. You can find out more about our services at roadnighttaylor.co.uk, link in the description, where you can also sign up to our free Connectology newsletter for more news and thought leadership in network connections. If, during this podcast, you found yourself wondering what it would be like to have a Road Knight Taylor connectologist in your life, please do email laura at roadnighttaylor.co.uk to find out how their game-changing skills and insight can change the game for you too.